This podcast is sponsored by Midwest Loan Services, a leading provider of mortgage loan subservicing. Mortgage subservicing is a highly demanding and regulated discipline that requires precise expertise to handle thousands of complex tasks. That's why lenders nationwide trust Midwest Loan Services to simplify loan servicing, reduce their costs, and mitigate their compliance risk. Learn more at MidwestLoanServices.com. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. Thin margins have credit unions looking for any opportunity to save money and create efficiencies of scale. One way to do both is with mortgage subservicing, which allows credit unions to outsource all facets of loan administration and compliance. I'm Bill Merrick, Deputy Editor for Credit Union Magazine and CUNA News. In this episode of the CUNA News Podcast, I talk to Peter Sorcy, President and CEO of Midwest Loan Services, about what mortgage subservicing is and how it can benefit credit unions, what to look for in a subservicer, regulatory challenges related to mortgages, and factors affecting next year's mortgage lending outlook. So Peter, can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into mortgage lending? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm uh, born and raised in Wisconsin, and I attended uh, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, where I graduated. Uh, I earned my degree in uh, my BBA in accounting with a minor in economics, and uh, I started my career auditing hospitals for the uh, Department of Health and Human Services. And after a couple of years, I was recruited to Fleet Mortgage Corp., which was a huge uh, mortgage lender, mortgage servicer. We had over 600,000 home loans. And I was the uh, vice president of remittance processing for them for quite a long time. And uh, I've been able to remain in this industry uh, since that time. And uh, um, I thoroughly enjoy this industry, and I'm I'm glad I've spent the majority of my career here. So Midwest Loan Services does a lot of mortgage subservicing. Uh, what is that? Well, subservicing. First of all, once the uh, the mortgage has been closed, uh, that's when all the fun really begins. And so it depends upon how the credit union, uh, if they close the loan and and retain the servicing, or they sold it outright on the secondary market, or they just portfolioed it. The point is that's when all of the servicing work begins. And from a subservicing perspective, typically the servicer will hire somebody to perform all those services. And so that's where Midwest Loan Services comes in. Uh, and currently, we have over 120,000 home loans that we subservice for just shy of 400 uh, financial institutions nationwide. Uh, and we're, uh, we're responsible for just about $22 billion of managing uh, mortgages for the credit union space. So what are, what are the benefits of, of subservicing for a credit union? Well, first and foremost, the benefits to the credit union are that a company like ourselves provides them economies of scale. Usually, we talk to credit unions who believe that, and in many cases, rightfully so, that they know their member the best, and therefore, they should be the ones doing the servicing, if you will, of their home loans. Uh, we adopt their brand. We do everything private labels such that our work is uh, uh, done in the name of the credit union. Their logo appears on the statement and all 
types of correspondence. So we are an extension of the credit union, but we provide them with the economies of scale such that there's no way they could do the servicing for the same price that they pay a company like us to do. And the, the functions begin with boarding the loan all the way through uh, foreclosure, which is the worst case scenario, and everything in between. So we're sending out the statement. Uh, we're collecting the payment. We're paying the escrows. If the borrower gets behind or member gets behind, we're uh, talking to them about how to mitigate the issue. So we're doing all the functions on behalf of the credit union. So what are some things that a credit union should look for in a, in a mortgage subservicer? Well, there are many. Uh, and in addition to what they should look for, it's how they should manage it once they do decide to outsource because the CFPB dictates how they should be managing their vendor. But um, from, a, from a what to look for, first and foremost, you want to look for a subservicer that is committed to the industry. Uh, they have developed and devoted themselves to um, having a subservicing platform that will be a fully comprehensive book of record for, your, for the loan. Uh, you want to make sure that they're fiscally uh, responsible and uh, certainly a going concern. You want to make sure that uh, there are no complaints out there. Uh, you want to make sure there's no cease and desist orders from uh, states uh, uh, that you're going to operate in. Make sure that they're fully insured. Make sure that uh, they carry the licenses that are required. So there's just a host of things. And then in addition, once you do decide to go with them, you got to make sure they're providing you with the uh, key performance indicators and the service level agreements. And in other words, being able to uh, view the work they're doing for you and on, on, on your behalf. So they have to share information with you that'll let them know how you're doing uh, on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, etc. So there's, there's quite a few things that will separate a qualified subservicer from just somebody who thinks they can do the work. So you help credit unions with uh, some regulatory compliance issues too, as part of the services that you offer. What do you, what do you see as some of the biggest regulatory challenges that credit unions face in the mortgage area? Well, mortgages, unlike all other consumer lending products, are the most complicated from a regulatory perspective. So there's everything from the CFPB out there on a federal level. Um, and that includes everything from TRID on the origination side to the nine pillars uh, uh, of servicing on the servicing side, uh, HUMDA, um, you name it. Then the, in addition, you have to balance what the federal folks are telling you with all of the uh, similar uh, regulatory issues that the states impose. So the challenge at the credit union level, and any level really, is to ensure you have the expertise on staff to be able to keep up with any and all changes at the state and or federal level uh, to then make sure that you can interpret it properly. From there, you have to be able to take and, and uh, develop procedures that will ensure that you're in compliance with every touch point with the member. So th the challenge is making sure you have the expertise on staff to be able to navigate the uh, state and federal regulatory terrain. So I'm sure every state has a different compliance regulations and, and requirements. How do, you, how do you stay up on all the differences in, in the states compliance-wise? Well, our company, uh, I have a compliance officer. Uh, she's an attorney who not only can interpret the legalese, if you will, 
uh, but she helps us stay on task with everything that's out there. We also utilize uh, certain vendors that summarize all the legislative activity uh, across our uh, all 50 states, uh, as well as from a federal perspective. Uh, I personally do a lot of um, responding to the feds when it comes to requests for information. I'll give them my opinion at a, a little different level as to the impact that this particular law may have, because sometimes lawmakers will craft something and, you know, to their credit, they're there to, on a very broad basis, develop certain laws, but many times they don't see the unintended consequences that go along with that proposed legislation. So, um, so but at the end of the day, we're there. All of our clients, they are uh, provided the guidance and the navigation uh, through the federal and state laws by our team. All of our procedures have all of the regulatory requirements built in so that with every touch point, we're making sure that we're in compliance. And we go through lots of regulatory uh, examinations, state and federal. Uh, and, you know, although I'm always confident in what we're doing, it's always nice to hear from an outside entity that, yes, in fact, you are fully compliant. That takes a lot of pressure off of our customers because to process a payment is important, but to navigate the regulatory body, uh, the regulatory uh, uh, challenges is just um, a huge challenge in our industry. So in addition to the regulatory compliance issues, what are some of the other big mortgage challenges that credians are facing today? From my opinion, they're twofold. I'm not uh, an expert as it relates to the origination, although I'm, I spend a great deal of time in that space. I can tell you that the challenges that uh, credit unions uh, in particular and the industry as a whole has uh, is uh, the fact that we're coming into a, uh, an environment where we have rising rates. Uh, you compound that with the pressures of a, a rather robust economy. So there's more demand on, on the home inventory, and you have existing home inventory on the decline. So the only way to balance that is probably with uh, new construction uh, loan activity. And you also have, uh, have non-banking, non-traditional entities coming into the mortgage space the Zillows of this world and so on. So, you know, if you have uh, a limited number of properties nationwide, uh, you have a rising interest rate, you have a low unemployment, so that there's going to be heavy demand on whatever inventory is there. And so credit unions in particular may very well have to look to see what other products, if mortgage origination on existing home sales is down, maybe they make sure that they're uh, better prepared from a construction program perspective, because that may be where the demand will go. And likewise, uh, for those who have an adequate amount of equity in their homes, but don't plan to move, maybe the HELOC or the home equity line of credit may be another uh, uh, lending opportunity for credit unions. Do you offer other services besides the subservicing? Yes, we do. First and foremost, we always like to consider ourselves a resource to the credit union industry. And, and uh, I have many people that will pick up the phone and call me who isn't even a client, uh, but they either heard me speak or whatever, and they'll ask me a question and I'll be more than happy to answer it. But outside of that, 
we can certainly assist uh, credit unions with their mortgage operations. Uh, many times, they, uh, a credit union may have a mortgage lender or an LO, but they maybe because they're, the demands aren't there for from a volume perspective, they might 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 not have the back office. Uh, and so we can assist them with mortgage originations if they if they so need. We can assist them with uh, their entry into the secondary market because the secondary market provides them the liquidity that they need to continue to lend to their member base. Interestingly enough, I I still hear from credit unions that uh, they're not lending anymore because they ran out of money. The reason for that is they're not going into the secondary market and selling or, or doing whatever. So the unfortunate part of that is if your member comes to you and you they, they find you at a time when you're not lending, then that member is simply going to go down the street to somebody else. So uh, so yeah, we, we do provide a lot of additional assistance to the credit union uh, industry, but Midwest Loan Services in particular, its primary role is for the, the subservicing. What do you see for the mortgage lending outlook for 2019? The sources that I look at almost on a daily basis are forecasting. And, and let me back up. I think if, uh, if any one of us could predict interest rates, I think we would be in a whole different industry, right? Because that's an art in and of itself. But all indications are that the Fed will continue at least three to four times uh, in 2019 to increase the Fed funds. And, and that then trickles down to products like mortgages. So it's forecasted that mortgage rates will be as high as 5.4% by the end of next year. So the mortgage space is going to have to gear up for a higher interest rate environment. And the predictions or forecasts rather uh, for uh, mortgage contracts or mortgage originations are that that's going to be on the decline as much as 5%. So 2019 may very well see a lower, you're still going to see activity, but a, a slightly lower amount of mortgage origination, certainly at the, even at the purchase level, but refi has almost gone, not by the wayside, but the volume is extremely low from a, a percent to total. So that's going to challenge some credit unions across the country because many of them have uh, infrastructures that uh, may have to be looked at. Do you think there'll be a, a more of a shift to the home equity side? Members who have uh, equity uh, and and may want to tap into that, the HELOCs are always available to them. You know, if my opinion is that I think uh, with the low or depleting volume of existing home inventory. Uh, yet our economy is at a robust uh, is 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 certainly in a robust mode right now. Unemployment at at record lows that may very well boost the demand for new construction. That then depends on, or it will depend on how the uh, borrower or the member, whether or not the the interest rate increase either may impact them to either stay in that market. Or maybe they have to step aside uh, until the rates come down a little bit. At the end of the day, though, when you look at the history of the rates, even at five plus percent, we're still at relatively record lows. So, so what keeps you awake at night as a mortgage service provider? Well, out of all the responsibilities that goes with 
mortgage subservicing. And and by the way, the biggest, uh, the one thing that we're the most proud of is that a credit union will empower us to take care of their members. And I need to emphasize that. So clearly, at every touch point, you want to make sure you're doing it right. But what keeps me up at night is uh, the regulatory terrain. Because I can ensure that our operations is taking care of all of the, I've referenced it in the past, all the blocking and tackling, the payment processing, payment of the escrows, et cetera, et cetera. I don't control, nor does anybody, the legislative actions of each of the states or at the federal level with all of their uh, regulatory demands. So to make sure that we're staying on top of all of that, it's a big challenge. It's one we're accomplishing, but it's still a big challenge. So if there's anything that keeps me up at night, it's the continued regulatory demands that are placed on the mortgage industry. So 10 years down the road, how do you see mortgage lending changing? That, I mean, I think we're already seeing it. We're already seeing it with e-mortgage, digital mortgage, e-vault. We're also seeing that as technology progresses, data associated with the property is going to be such that it may very well have a negative impact on the real estate appraisal uh, industry because the demand for sending somebody out to physically appraise that property is going to be replaced or could very well be replaced by all of the technological advancements that uh, are currently occurring that house very deep levels of detail and data associated with properties all across the country. So uh, certainly going forward, the next 10 years is, is going to be an extremely automated mortgage origination process. I, I wished I, I had a, a, a deeper uh, crystal ball, but clearly if you're paying attention to the industry today, you can definitely see where most of this technology is going to take us short-term and long-term. So those are the challenges that credit unions as a whole will have to prepare for. You know, if they're not prepared for the digital mortgage today or the e-vault or anything, you know, associated with the digital processing of a mortgage, then I would encourage them to at least look, pay a little closer attention to that. How will that change your business, do you think? It won't change our business other than we too will have to stay on top of the digital slash e-mortgage world. And we're doing that right now by gearing up for what's called e-vault. Uh, today, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae have already announced some of the e-vault entities that they're going to quote unquote approve to do business with uh, or in, in, uh, in a, as an extension of Fannie or Freddie. So we're already gearing up to make sure that we can be an e-vault provider as well. Electronic mortgage, it's really just a matter of where the data is housed. Today, everybody still is used to a paper file that's extremely thick. Tomorrow, if you will, future being tomorrow, uh, it's all about digitized uh, copies of the key components of that mortgage file. So we're already getting ready for that because the tells, if you will, are, are already there. Uh, when you've got the two largest Entities from a, a investor perspective, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, already going down those paths. That's usually, if you're paying attention, that that's usually 
a sign that you probably should be uh, in their wake and, and gear, gearing up as well. And I will emphasize too that the millennials and their demands from an electronic perspective to do most things are driving that. We, we, you know, if, if you read anything, you read that these are the drivers and then the generations after them to the, the need for most everything being electronic, electronic delivery of, in this case, a mortgage, a mortgage application, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So again, I'll, I'll end by saying that we're already gearing up for the, the digital world of all things mortgage. So that'll meet the needs of Credit Union's future members too then. Absolutely. We are, we, today, we have just a small percentage. And as I mentioned, we have just shy of 400 credit unions uh, nationwide. But we already have uh, just a handful of those credit unions uh, looking to us to assist them or putting the demands on us to provide that next generation, if you will, of uh, mortgage servicing, uh, in, in particular, eVault. So, uh, you know, very small percentage right now, but I'm anticipating that will grow. And most credit unions will probably be reacting to either the industry or the, the, you know, the demands from their members for that type of uh, service as well. So switching gears a little bit, what was your first job ever and, and what did you learn from that? My first job. I was 12 years old and I was a stock boy at uh, a little Italian grocery store on the east side of Milwaukee. And I had the best mentor. Uh, he was the owner of the, of the store. He was extremely demanding. Uh, but I learned, uh, many things that I continued. I still do today, but, uh, perseverance, determination, never quitting, um, and this man was was a, a a good man, but you know he had no problem letting you know when you did something wrong and and uh, being accountable, uh, you know, uh, dealing with whatever might have not gone well right away and fixing it, and moving on. So that first job, uh, hopefully everybody else was blessed with a very good first job as well, because uh, long ago I had that first job, but many of the things I learned. I still uh, carry with me today as I'm uh, blessed to lead uh, Midwest Loan Services. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I would just like to add that, uh, as I had mentioned before, Midwest Loan Services uh, tries diligently to be a, a uh, source of knowledge to the industry. Uh, I know I personally have crafted, uh, authored a, a couple white papers, and we've crafted a cost of service calculator that really helps credit unions zero in on, on the costs, many of which are hidden, uh, so that they can really see what it's costing them to do in-house servicing. Because margins being as tight as they are in the financial industries as a whole, if you have an opportunity to save some money yet ensure that your members are treated just as well as you would treat them if you were doing it in-house, yet moving that money to your bottom line, even if you're a not-for-profit, it's still you still need to generate funds to provide services back to your members. Then I I, I just want to encourage them to go to our website at MidwestLoanServices.com to to find that cost of service calculator. It's there. There's no charge. There's no nothing. It's there for them to use, 
um, because I would first want to make sure that um, they're they're taking the time to do this financial measurement that most credit unions don't do. So again, I would I would just encourage them to uh, read some of the materials I've crafted uh, because it's all to to help them navigating mortgage servicing, navigating the financial side of, uh, of mortgages. Because the beautiful part is when they originate and close the loan, then then all the hard work begins if they retain servicing or if they've portfolioed the loan. So I want to be here to help them uh, do just that. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. This podcast was sponsored by Midwest Loan Services, a leading provider of mortgage loan subservicing. Learn more at MidwestLoanServices.com.